be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, that everyone who has faith may be justified. Moses writes that the man who practices righteousness, which is based on the law, shall live by it. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified. And he confesses with his lips and so is saved. Peace be with you, the reader. arise let us hear the holy gospel peace be with you all the reading is from the holy gospel according to saint matthew let us be attentive At that time, when Jesus came to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, two demoniacs met him, coming out of the tomb so fierce that no one would pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many swine was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, 
If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the swine. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. The herdsmen fled and going into the city, they told everything and what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their neighborhood. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Unfortunately, one night, there was a certain house that had caught on fire. Uh, Even worse, most people escaped, but the young boy in that home was forced to flee to one place, and that was to the roof, to the very top of that building. At the very bottom, the ground outside the father stood below with his outstretched arms calling out, beckoning unto his son, jump, jump, I'll catch you. He knew that the boy's only hope of survival and to save his life was indeed to jump. Now from the boy's perspective, of course we can understand the fear, but also because as he looked down, the only thing that he could see was flames, smoke, and blackness. He was very afraid to leave that roof. But his father kept on beckoning to him and yelling out, Jump! I will catch you! The boy simply screamed out in protest, Daddy, but I can't see you. I can't see anything. And the father replied, but I can see you. Here we have the notion, the deep notion of faith and trust, what it really means to be a Christian when we look at how many times we don't see things, we don't understand things, and yet the Lord says, do this, trust me. When I was thinking of this, And let's compare it to the epistle reading we just heard from St. Paul in Romans. We come across a word very often in the scriptures, both the old and the new, which can have many connotations. And that word is righteousness, or even righteous. In Greek, it's vikeosini, or vikeos. 
To explain what I mean, let's look at the epistle reading, the portion that reflects on this particular concept of our understanding of God's righteousness, and then what it means for us to be righteous. St. Paul says, crying out, of course, in desire for the salvation of his brethren, the people of the old Israel, the Jewish people who had not yet believed in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, he says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law. He is the point and the purpose of the law that everyone who has faith may be made righteous. What we see here is that God's ultimate righteousness, how he shows himself to be righteous, is the divine plan that is fulfilled in the sending of his Son into this world. Righteousness is found in Jesus Christ. For example, when we reflect on the baptism of Christ, he goes up, of course, as we know the story well, from January the 6th. He goes to John the Baptist, and he says, you have to now baptize me. And John, in all of his humility and holiness of character, says, I'm to baptize you? You're the one who should baptize me, said John. But then Christ says something maybe a bit enigmatic. He said, it must be so in order to fulfill all righteousness. How do we understand that phrase? What Christ means is, this is God's plan. This is what is to be. This is how God is going to save all of humanity. Righteousness is to be fulfilled because that is God's intent. That is God's divine plan. And God to be righteous means that God is to be true. He is to be honest, and he is faithful to his word and always follows through on what he has said he would do. God's ultimate plan of salvation in Jesus Christ is his most righteous act. It is something totally unexpected, completely unheard of. Of course, if you search the scriptures well, It's all there in the Old Testament. But the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise and plan came in the coming of Jesus Christ. And those who believe in him and are baptized into the Holy Trinity are therefore also made righteous. That is, they enter into the covenantal relationship with God and are made one of the people of Israel, the people of the church, the people of God. And therefore, as God's righteousness is his faithfulness to his word and him following through on everything that he has said, righteous people are those also who follow God. Righteous people are those who trust in God and believe in God, even when they don't see or understand 
what he has in store. Just like the boy at the top of the burning building looked down and saw nothing but fire and death and blackness. But the father called out and said, but I see you. Trust me, jump, and I will save you. We have so many beautiful examples of righteous people, the vikei in our holy tradition. I mentioned just a few this morning for us to reflect on and to look how they were indeed righteous, trusting in God, not trusting in themselves because they couldn't understand what he had in store. We look at the beautiful story of Noah, and we know very well that even before it had begun to rain, who knows, maybe there was a drought, God said to him, build a huge boat. Don't worry about what it looks like out there right now. Something is coming. And without hesitation, without delay, without even questioning God's word, we know what Noah did. He was righteous, and he was faithful and true to what God told him to do, not seeing what God had in store, not knowing really what was truly going to happen. Yet he started to build the boat, probably looking quite like a fool in the eyes of those around him, as we read in Genesis. Again, we look to the great patriarch Abraham, who, by believing in God's word, was righteous. How so? Well, God had promised to Abraham and to Sarah, even in their great old age of, I think, 190 years old, respectively, that they were going to have a son, the son of the promise of God. And Abraham, of course, knew that God is true to his word. He cannot lie and is the most ultimate and faithful one. But even though, finally, Isaac was born, this child of the promise, then God put him to the test, as we hear. He said, now, take your son up to the mountain and offer him up to me. One of the most heart-wrenching scriptural passages that we encounter, again from Genesis, we say, how could this be? How could God ask Abraham to do such a thing, to offer his son up as a sacrifice? Nevertheless, Abraham, not understanding God's plan, not knowing what was going to happen, he knew God would come through. He knew that through him, through his descendant Isaac, Abraham would become the father of many nations, and his descendants would be like the stars of the heavens or the sands of the seas. And he takes his son with the wood and the fire and the knife, and he's ready to offer him up because he believes that God will, even if he does sacrifice him, raise him from the dead. St. Paul in Hebrews mentions this. And God, of course, offers the goat, the ram, to be sacrificed in Isaac's place. But Abraham, not seeing what God's plan was, was righteous because he trusted and he believed in God. Another beautiful example are the parents of the Virgin Mary, Joachim and Anna. Much the same, they too knew that God had a great plan in store for them. But in great old age, advanced in years beyond the natural years of childbearing, they relied on God They trusted him. They prayed to him constantly. And eventually, in their faithfulness, 
whatever God would bring about in their life, they were blessed with a beautiful little girl, the Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, the one who was to give birth to our Savior. These are righteous people because they are true to God and believe Him, trust Him, and know that He will follow through. St. Paul compares these two different types of righteousness, that of the Old Testament and that of the New, in a beautiful passage from Philippians I want to read to you. He says that I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had then, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as refuse, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And having a righteousness of my own, but not having a righteousness of my own, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. We read in the Psalms that light has shone in darkness for the righteous. Because the righteous, even though they might seem like they're in darkness, that they don't understand what is happening around them in the present state of affairs of the world or the circumstances of their very life, if they are righteous, meaning if they live according to God's commandments to the best of their ability, if they entrust everything into the hands of their loving God, then light will shine into that darkness. Light has shone in darkness for the righteous. Another reflection on righteousness comes from a beautiful passage from the Philokalia, that beautiful spiritual classic. St. John of Karpathos writes this, Do everything in your power not to fall, not to sin, for the strong athlete should not fall. But if you do fall, get up again at once and continue the contest. Even if you fall a thousand times, rise again each and every time, and keep on doing so until the day of your death. For it is written, if a righteous man falls seven times, that is, if he falls repeatedly throughout his life, seven times shall he rise again. That is from Proverbs. St. John continues, So long as you hold fast with tears and prayer to the weapon of the Christian life, you will be counted among those that stand upright, even though you fall again and again. So long as you remain a Christian, you will be like a brave soldier who faces the blows of the enemy. And God will commend you, because even when struck, you refused 
to surrender or to run away. But if you give up the Christian life, running away like a coward and a deserter, the enemy will strike you in the back and you will lose your freedom of communion with God. So here we have, brothers and sisters, another beautiful passage of righteousness, meaning, yes, we strive for perfection, as God has called us to. We strive to obey the commandments of God. We strive to do everything according to his will. But even though if we fall and we trust in God's mercy, in his grace, his love and forgiveness, then we are righteous because we believe in what God has done in Jesus Christ. We do not remain in darkness, but the light shows through. Again, as Proverbs stated, if a righteous person falls seven times, seven times shall he rise again. Again, St. David in the Psalms says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. Be faithful to God, trust in him, give everything into his loving care and his hands, and as you can see, his eyes are upon us, and his ears hear our supplication. For this reason, the Lord said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled. To God be the glory now and ever, and to the ages of the ages. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat>